Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the United States of a Movie Podcast. The highlight of my week and hopefully for you as well as what we try to do here is talk about movies. We are movie fans that love to talk about movies but we have a specific goal, an almost impossible goal if you will, as we try to find the one movie to define each state in these United States. My name is Oli Petschku. I have hosted movie shows back in the day. You might know me from EPAD on Max. You might know me from right this minute but right here, right now, I I have two amazing co-hosts who are trying to help me answer this unanswerable question. Ryan Sandler, Will Hirsch, welcome back to the show. Oh man, it's great to be here. Great to be here, fellas. <laughs> I, I'm so excited. Week. Yeah, so excited to talk about one movie, one these all these movies. movies, but one movie in particular. One movie in particular. Yeah, a movie that set alight our text thread, the movie that I texted that I now want to start a podcast to only talk about this movie endlessly week upon week um why don't we just talk about that movie right now because who bought this one? Oh, ryan you brought this one to <laughs> yeah the table, didn't you because we're doing the state yeah. of pennsylvania and if you thought that it couldn't get weird boy oh boy were you wrong ryan what did you bring to the table oh man i brought the 1995 action-packed bullet to the head non-stop thrill ride sudden death Oh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Believe he bought Sudden Death, guys. Yeah. Oh my God! Directed by uh, David Hyams. If you haven't heard of him, he directed a few movies you may have heard of, but one of them being Time Cop with Jean Claude yeah. Van Damme. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stars Jean Claude Van Damme uh, and Powers Booth. Actually, let's be honest. It stars Powers Booth with a supporting role from Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, um, for real. It is a die-hard clone. Um, it was written by AI. If I had to bet. Back <laughs> uh, then, that's impressive. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. honestly, one of the craziest movie watches that I have seen to the point that I was laughing so hard, I was crying. But we'll get to that movie eventually because I'm probably going to save it to last because I know we're going to talk about it for three hours. Um, yep. But Will, you bought a great movie, um, one that I've always wanted to see, actually, and it was a great watch. Tell us about your pick. 
I picked the uh, it's in the top five Harrison Ford Amish movies, uh, Witness. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 1985 movie uh, Witness directed by Peter Weir the Australian director Oscar winner uh, he directed Master and Commander of the Truman Show Gallipoli stars Harrison Ford Kelly McGillis you might recognize that name from Top Gun Lucas Haas as a teeny tiny little boy um, Danny Glover in a tiny little role of just being yeah. a bad yeah. guy uh, and Alexander Gudinov uh, who everybody who's ever seen Die Hard knows as that German guy with the machine gun Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie. That was a great movie. I really yeah. enjoyed that one. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's been on my list for to watch for a while. I was like, I, f- I was watching one of my, I forget what. There's a YouTube show where they go to like a video store in France, and I want to say it was Christopher Nolan. I could be totally wrong. Uh, was talking about like that movie in particular, and I put it immediately on my list. So when Pennsylvania came up, I was like, oh, perfect opportunity. To watch yeah, this. I'm glad you did. Um, yeah, like I, sure. I remember putting it on when I was a teenager because I'm like, hey man, Han Solo, Indiana Jones, movie with the girl from Top Gun. And like, <laughs> I barely made it like eight minutes in before I'm just like, I don't think this movie's for me. Because it just, yeah. Um, yeah. it's very Peter Weir. Uh, and it was perfect yeah. for me at my age now. But the teenage boy of me was like, this movie. This sucks, and it does not. Much, it's when great. I got to the when I got to the end of this movie, much like Master and Commander, I wish there was like a series of ten of these movies, like a mm-hmm. a, a crime solve of the week starring Harrison Ford, just yeah, around solving crimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Where he goes I, to a different culture every week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm trying to figure out how we can be Master and Commander on this show. <laughs> <laughs> they do don't they go to galapagos like it's close close enough to florida is that, is that a state <laughs> all we just need is america to invade the galapagos and boys we are off we joe that. biden get on that um <laughs> but there were three movies that were brought to the table i bought one that i really wanted to kind of talk about because i just find it is like a, a real underrated excellently made movie yeah. um is i bought to 2012's jack reacher uh, uh directed by christopher mcquarrie um, mm-hmm. One of those sort of like basically that kicked off the relationship really with Tom Cruise that went on to make all the Mission Impossibles, um, starring Tom Cruise in his greatest ever method acting ever. If you've never seen mm-hmm. a five foot six tall man play a six foot four monster, Jack Reacher is that movie. That <laughs> yeah. uh, also stars Rosamund Pike, uh, David Oyelowo, Oyelowo. There we go. Jay Courtney and uh, Werner Herzog as the yeah. bad guy in movie. History. Even my wife was like, going, "He's terrifying." Oh my yeah. god! It's it was awesome. They didn't like, even I, need to give him the glass eye. It was just he's no. just already terrifying. I will show up to set with a glass eye already. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> That's the cool thing. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, uh, Werner Herzog is just a very famous director, uh, German, German, right? I'm pretty sure he's German with that accent. Yeah. Um, but he's a, a very famous director, and he didn't play a character. He just. He just played himself, basically. <laughs> With the backstory, I mean, he's he's acting, but that is just his vibe. That is. Yeah. Like, I was just saying, can you imagine acting in a movie where Werner Herzog is your director? He's like giving you notes, and you're like, "Am I going to die? Am Am I going to die?" <laughs> yeah, you you understand why? Like all his movies had to star like Klaus Klinski because that dude is also insane. Yeah, and it's like these are the only two people who could work together because my god. <laughs> Uh, you know, let's do. Let's go. We're going to start with Jack Reacher because, um, like, what do you guys think about this movie? Because I have a very, very deep love for this movie, and I've read 
all the books. I've read at least 20 of them. I know there's been about three or four that have come out that I haven't quite, because they're co-written with his son. I'm like, no, I just want to read the originals. But um, One Shot, which is the one that this movie is based on, it was one of my favorite books. But this movie, I thought, as a Jack Reacher fan, delivered everything apart from a six foot four guy. What do you guys think of this movie? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know anything about the books. I think my dad had read some of them and I remember him being um, excited about the film. But uh, of course, breaking down the fact that Tom Cruise is a small guy and Jack Reacher is this, just this giant monster, like more so portrayed in the uh, the TV show. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, I... Th- I enjoyed the movie. I completely forgot about it once it was out of my ethos. And <laughs> but watching it again, I was like, Dude, "This movie's—it's a great like movie." I mean, he's a, an infallible detective, and I, I just love it. He just—he cannot lose. Women are just obsessed with him. Everyone yeah. wants to fight him or fuck him. Yeah, and yeah. I'm on board. I'm he's on got board. a photographic memory. He, sure. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's the best. I, I love that creature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, this is the first time I'd seen the movie. I've seen the show. Um, I I never even heard of the books before the first movie came out because I remember the trailer very specifically is like, you know, oh, he's coming and he's made a promise. And it's like making him seem like really scary. And you see Tom Cruise and it just says Jack Reacher. And I just remember going like, who? Like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. the movie was acting like I was supposed to know who that was. I'm like, right. all right. Um, but having seen the movie, I actually like this better than the show. I enjoyed the show quite a bit, but for the reason that it's incredibly cheesy. Yeah. Um, and, and the guy that got doing it is like literally just a big Hulk, like a shell of a person that they stuffed an actor into. It's crazy. I love him. But, uh, him. but the movie, I actually was able to buy into a little bit more. Cause in the show, when you see, you know, a 90 pound guy be like, you got a problem, Jack Reacher. Mm-hmm. You're like, come on, he's going to tear you in half. Like, what are you doing? It's what like is- the, the John Wick complex too, where by mm-hmm. the third henchman, you'd be like, Okay, I, 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 guys, I got this. I got this. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you know. Yeah, but. but then, but yeah, having it be Tom Cruise, I'm able to buy into it a little bit. Yeah, I can buy fair. that, like he's like surprising in a fight, like mm-hmm. you know, it. Everything about it makes more sense. He's still like, yeah, like you said, all the ladies are like, "Who is this 50 year old guy like, coming <laughs> yeah. through the bar?" But uh, I don't care. It's it's one yeah. of those. I it, it works. It movies. works. And I think it works because yeah. it's Tom Cruise too. You know, the dude is just yeah. Just yeah, incredible in every role. So I mean, I like, really enjoyed it. Yeah, when you hear, especially nowadays, when you hear written and directed by Christopher McQuarrie starring Tom Cruise, you're, you know, especially when it comes to Mission Impossible, you're expecting just unstoppable action, it, it just absolutely insane set pieces. Where I remember showing this with them. Um, an old director of mine. Uh, I've been working with him since the very beginning when I got into TV, and we love movies. He's a big movie fan, like you guys. And we watched this movie and he really enjoyed it. But he got to the end, he's like, he's like, wow, that movie was really good considering like nothing happened. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, there's, there's whole periods of the movie where Jack's just walking around. It's kind of reminds me, I said to my missus, I go, it's like the Batman. The bit where mm-hmm. in the Batman, Batman's walking around a crime scene, he just looks at things. And it's done, it's so well directed by Chris McQuarrie that, I mean, have you noticed that the first 10 minutes of the movie, there's no speaking? Until yeah. they're finally going, we need to find this guy, Jack Reacher. It's all done in silence. It's all done with looks. It's all done with informations given to yeah. you on the screen. And then when you've got a guy walking through the crime scene, it gives you certain close-ups, certain shots. And then when Jack's going through the crime scene, you see what he's thinking. And it's, it's so well-directed that I'm watching this going, it's a yeah. very, it's honestly, yeah. 
the kind of movie that nowadays would be a 45 minute procedural, you know, police drama. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they've made, and they've it made would a be Tom a TV Cruise show movie. nowadays. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what well, I'm saying is that, like, it's, that's what I found so surprising. And it's still so engaging. Do you guys, uh, do you guys agree? Oh, with yeah. That? I agree. Oh, I, yeah. My, I love that. I love the pace of this movie. I love that it's, it is so much more grounded. You know, for the the mere fact that he's essentially a fucking superhero, it's still pretty tame. And the, I mean, the plot is pretty, pretty. I mean, the, I forgot the opening of the movie is pretty heavy. Like, yes, yeah, it's it's wild and it's done so well. I mean, it's it's a very engaging film. I was glued the entire time. I love yeah, it. That opening yeah. scene is a shot that I always I always ask, how have they done this? How have they done this? And it's the one with the shot got the scope. You've got the mm-hmm. scope looking at the people, but then you also realize that around the scope, you see the yeah. background moving the as it should be moving and it's kind of blurry. And there's like, you know, you see little things like, like the, the light reflecting off the glass, little plot points that pay off yeah. 40 yeah. minutes later, things like that. That I'm like, I still, to this day, I'm mystified as, did they just put a sniper scope on a camera and just move it around? Because how did they get this shot? It's incredible. Yeah, no, that, that is also like something I picked up on right away is like, you know, if it was just like a five second shot, I wouldn't think anything of it. But because it goes on and on and on, mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah. wait leaders. a minute, yeah. hold on. Like, this is an effect that's happening. And it's uh, it totally, I still don't quite know how they pulled it off. Neither do I. I, thought, I mean, they must was, have was for real. They've got all of those characters like laid out in front of them. They're, they're moving the camera around. Everybody's moving. Like the action starts happening. I, I still, I mean, that's the thing about this movie is it's very subtly doing very impressive filmmaking things that yeah. you just don't notice because you're just being told the story. And you go, wait a minute, how are they doing this? Yeah. And one thing I really appreciated about this movie, um, and, and I, I hate to keep comparing it to the show. Watch the show if you haven't seen it. No, do watch uh, the show because it is just it, like the books. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good time, uh, but it is ridiculous. But one of the things I thought was um, an interesting change is you really see in the movie, like when Jack Reacher movie, Jack Reacher is investigating crime scene. It is all silent. It's all camera shots and it's all like cutting, flashing back and forth and you're getting, and there's no dialogue as opposed to the show where he's like, can't you see what's going on here? Well, mm-hmm. this guy, he's obviously a professional because he put cardboard over the body. And then this guy's an amateur. Cause you know, and it's like, how, how can you possibly figure that out? But in this movie, yeah. it just shows like, the same thing's happening, but just the caliber of filmmaking is just so much like McCory's just good at his job. He knows what he's doing yeah. and it communicates it so much more effectively. He's a, he is my, one of my absolute top favorite directors at the moment. I mean, of course, so yeah, Christopher McCory came into everybody's sort of consciousness for writing the usual suspects. Um, mm-hmm. That movie just blew up. Uh, everyone was like, Wow. That's that, that was just the movie of the year when it came out. People were talking about it. His follow-up, I actually saw in the theaters, Way of the Gun, which is a great movie, underrated. Um, but then he just kind of vanished. And then he started coming back and he was kind of like Tom Cruise's script doctor. And he kind mm-hmm. of worked with him on Valkyrie and he kind of like, then he worked with him on Jack Reach and then he was worked Edge of Tomorrow. And it's basically, it's, this is kind of like, which kicked off what has become one of the most successful partnerships in movie history with Tom Cruise and yeah. Chris of just creating crazy i mean he was involved in the script for top gun maverick as well he just he gets it man he really knows how to write a movie he really knows how to shoot a movie and he doesn't really have a style you know what i mean like the cool thing about him mission possible is he always makes every mission impossible look and feel different it's a different kind of movie and i'm like there's not many directors that can do that yeah 
It's uh, right. he's kind of like in the latest movie you've seen, Dead Reckoning. There's like a lot of stuff where he's like pulling from all the previous mm-hmm. like Mission Impossible movies, like in- incorporating that into his filmmaking, which is really like amazing. Something that I will get into one day, but yeah, watching all of the behind the scenes and I've been listening to all these podcasts. Like Chris McCrory sits down and does these two, three hour podcasts talking about each of the Mission Impossibles. Those movies are basically <laughs> improvised. They don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't know until like the, the entire closing scene of Mission Impossible 5. He goes, oh, we, we, we came up with that one day before and we shot it. Like you've no idea Like the Mission Impossible movies are made like Mission Impossible action. As in they go, I don't know. We'll just figure it out. I'm, they were like, we finished the, we finished doing the, um, the fifth one um, five hours before the premiere. You know, shit like that. Jeez. I'm just like, Jeez. guys, are you kidding me? And like, you listen to, honestly, get into it because you'll be astounded that, like, no joke that some of the biggest scenes from Fallout where you're like certain stunts or things with a helicopter were pure coincidence because, yeah, we're trying to figure it out. We had a location and then I saw a helicopter taking off and I go, oh, we could do that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There wasn't six months of planning to do this? They're like, no, nah, just throw an IMAX camera on it and don't, try not to kill Tom Cruise. What? Jeez. <laughs> but wait, but I digress, because we're talking about Jack Reacher, and I've digressed <laughs> even more because we haven't talked about the plot. Jack Reacher is uh, the movie that talks about um, the titular character is basically a drifter. Um, in every single one of the books, Jack is always just randomly on a bus on a way, just exploring America because he spent his whole life serving overseas in the military as a crack military police investigator. He's just like a normal police officer said, with one difference. Everyone I'm trying to arrest is a trained killer. Um, <laughs> in this particular case, um, there has been a, a sniper attack, a mass shooting in Pittsburgh Uh, five, six people um, shot by a sniper, and the person that's been accused of doing it is someone that he knows from history, Uh, a a sniper from the military that has done stuff like this in the past. Long story short, Jack comes into town to take this guy out and make sure he goes to prison, and what he actually discovers is a sort of a grand conspiracy involving uh, an organized crime group led by the Zek, which is Werner Herzog, uh, who basically just goes around from city to city and builds bridges that no one needs and makes money. But because they make money, they start killing people. That's pretty much the plot of yeah, the movie. Yeah, you know, for as many times as I've seen this movie, I always forget, like, what the plot of it is. Mm-hmm. That's my only negative about this. Like, even getting through the end, I'm like, what? Why? It was. It's always unclear to me, like, what his motivations are. But yeah, it doesn't it, matter. It's, it's just... because. It's it's because it is police procedural type plot. It is yeah. a, a bunch of people just uh, basically take advantage of local um, infrastructure and red tape and make money yeah, off yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, get me, I, get me Reacher. Like I got a parking <laughs> ticket. Get me Reacher. <laughs> I totally forgot until you said the bridges thing that that's what Werner Herzog was doing. I was like, like we got to it and I was like, wait a second. Yeah, what what was their plan? And it was like, oh yeah, they're trying to. Bridges. 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 <laughs> that old villain plot standby. Yeah. How many times has James Bond come up against a bridge builder? Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Goddamn municipality of Pittsburgh. So actually, there is something I do want to talk about. Um, because um, well, Werner Herzog is is the bad guy. Um, the other bad guy, the one that does the actual um, murders and things like that, is Jake Jay Courtney. Um 
Will, you texted that you have an, an irrational hatred of Jay Courtney. I want to get into this. <laughs> oh, uh, I was debating whether or not I want to talk about it. It's like, okay, have you ever seen a wet slice of bread? <laughs> you've yes. seen you've seen Jay Court. Like that's uh that's about the level of charisma that he has on screen. I'm only a little bitter. Like I wouldn't really care that much if he didn't play Kyle Reese in a Terminator movie uh. and ruin my life. Um, so I. I don't know. Like well, he's probably a nice guy. Like I, I want to make it clear. I don't. I've never heard anything about him where it's like, oh, he secretly sucks. But man, that guy is just a black hole of like screen presence. Yeah, well, like, it goes. <laughs> the tier goes. It goes. Tom Hardy, Logan Marshall, Green, yeah. Guy Courtney. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. Of, you know, absolutely I always, correct. I always look at him and I go, "Isn't that the guy from Avatar?" No, that's Sam Worthington, the other Australian guy that looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They, they Who, do. Look exactly like each other. And there's yeah. a reason why James Cameron said, oh, you can play Kyle Reese in my non-canon Terminator movie. I'm going to go with Sam Worthington for my yeah. $10 billion <laughs> franchise. I'm honestly surprised they brought him back for the second Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> the funny thing is, is uh, I, I mean, even Sam Worthington even told the story as James Cameron came to him and he's like, look, um, here's the script uh, without you. And here's the script with you. You choose. You know, so don't don't mess me around. Basically, on like, I'll take. I'm going to take. He goes, you can either be in the movie or you can not be in the movie. Either way, I'm making Avatar two, and I think that's like that's just James Cameron. I mean, oh my god, I would be like, okay, I guess uh, I'll do it for fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Like whatever you need, James. Like you know, uh, that would be me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my Jai Courtney rant. I, he, I don't think he's a bad dude. It's just. I, I've never been impressed by like I think the most he's ever acted is Suicide Squad and he's terrible. So I don't know. That's it's good in the Suicide Squad. James <laughs> the three seconds. Yeah. 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 Or they kill him on oh spoilers. They kill him on screen and I was like, Yeah, James Gunn gets it. <laughs> <laughs> he understands. But um there's a so this movie is obviously shot around Pittsburgh. Um, it is, uh, all of these movies actually, this is, I, I'm really looking forward to this debate because they are all, <laughs> all shot in and around Pennsylvania, all shot like mm-hmm, on location. Yeah. All yeah. My, finally. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like we planned it. Um, yeah. But uh, this movie like has got so many, so many great bits, but the bit that really stood out for me and it is I, a joy to watch and there's a great, 20 minutes behind the scenes um, see, uh, just about this, which I've watched a few times. I watched it again after watching the movie. But is the um, the car chase. The car chase, which which honestly, there wasn't one. In the script, it says Jack drives away. Um, as they started doing um, pre-production and just taking pictures, location scouting, they were like, we could build, we could build a really good car chase here. And that car chase does um, kind of like what I was saying, another one of those magic tricks that, that it's just doing a really good car chase. And then it's only a couple of minutes in that you realize in every single case and shot, it's all Tom Cruise driving. There are some really complex shots or long shots or a car comes streaming out of a tunnel and it skids to a halt and slams into a wall and the camera comes up and it's Tom Cruise, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's the thing is that that's the magic trick is like, it's the, one of the first like stunts with Tom Cruise. That's why Chris and Tom worked so well together, but you realize, oh, this this is just Tom Cruise driving around the Pittsburgh in a car like a maniac. And it's a great, it's like bullet. You know, it's like an old school 70s car chase. And it's like, it's done so honestly. There's no music. 
It's just the sound of a V8 engine and tires screeching with a very angry Tom Cruise driving. Yeah. To win yeah. a car that was basically given to him by force. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, am I stealing your are car? You, are, are you that surprised though that, you know, it's him driving when you get the, the arguably the best part of this movie is the days of thunder reunion. Oh um, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Let's, I was going to wait, but we'll drop ahead, it in. Sorry. Sorry. No, but that's great because halfway through the movie, suddenly Robert Duvall is in this movie, and you're like, yeah, oh, of course, God, Robert yeah. Duvall is in this movie. That's this movie's great. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about that that car chase because because it's like even again getting into the behind the scenes of it all. It's it's all just kind of like uh, like random. Like for example, the bit where the car comes out, slams into the wall, and he's he's having trouble starting it, and like the bad guy's getting away. And it's a really cool bit in the scene and it really slows things down. That was an accident. He, the car died. Tom just kept acting, goes, come on, come on. Finally got it started, peeled off. And, and Chris McCroy was like, no, no, that's great. That's going to work in the edit. I can use this. And that's what I yeah. mean. It's like, they that's just cool. seem to go with the happy accidents. And Moves just to like, the beat of jazz. Yeah, well, that's, they do though. That's the thing. That's exactly my point is these guys make movies like jazz. They just go with it. They feel it. They vibe it. Yeah. And that, to me, mm-hmm. is what's so mind-blowing about how many great movies these guys have made together. Yeah. Considering their budget, and like these, these are huge blockbusters, yeah. to have the flexibility to do that, you'd think everything is like so airtight, and for them to be able to pivot and, and do stuff like that on a, on a production like this is wild. There's yeah. so many good stunts in that car chase. Like, there's a bit, I mean, do you guys, I don't know if you clocked it, but there's a shot where David uh, Oyelowo comes in in his car. Tom Cruise literally skids up right into his car they look at each other and tom cruise peels away all around it and i'm like how many actors in the world do you know do you trust to be like all right i'll put my car here and then i'm gonna let tom cruise drive at me at 80 miles an hour skid to a halt into my car and then drive around me and i'm like and that's but again instead of it being like super close up and big sort of arrows going look what we're doing it just is it just is and i think it's that's what i love about this movie is so understated I think it's a it's it's a testament to Tom Cruise's like his work ethic too. I mean, the guy is just an animal when it comes to anything, and he he absorbs knowledge and skills. I mean, if you've ever watched the behind the scenes on like Collateral, or you know, it's just him him operating the firearms and everything. It's just, I mean, he really immerses himself and takes it to another level. So it's no surprise that it's him driving this driving these cars. You know? Yeah, he's he's one of those actors who's like really. He's not faking it. He's really yeah. into the process of making movies. He loves movies. Yeah. And, um, you know, and to give you kind of an insight into like how, how into it he is, um, there was a project I worked on one time, funny enough, with Jonathan Lipnicki from uh, Jerry Maguire. Oh, and, I, and he talked about like how Tom Cruise, like how just all the time he is constantly aware of if he moves too far to the left, he's like, wait, no, I'm out of the camera's like eye line and stuff. Like no matter where the camera's set up, he's got such situational awareness. He's done this so much. He knows exactly how he's framed. Like whenever they set up the camera, he talks with all the crew people, greets all the crew people, like up and down the line, gets to know people. Like he's so heavily involved in the filmmaking process and so knowledgeable about it. And I think that's one of the key ingredients. That's why he's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Is that guy just knows he's, what he's doing. Do you think when he's done, like he'll just transition into becoming a director at that point? Like, I what, think, you know? I wonder, because he's yeah. a real student of film. The guy, right. he really yeah. does like just love movies. And 
the things that he puts in movies are referenced from from old movies as well. I I was wondering that same thing because I know the guy can't run forever. He is sixty years old. The guy yeah. is fucking immortal. <laughs> it's like you know, but like know. everyone's got to have a point where you know what running hurts. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe he I, will be like a great director, but I think he's just going to go. I think he's just going to transition into a, an, an, a different level of being and go and live yeah, with pretty much forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But he is to me. I mean, that's why I wanted to talk about this movie because he is just he is the movie star, and like you're like you're saying, well, he understands the assignment. He wants to mm-hmm. entertain, and it's like I remember it's the worst of them all. But I was watching behind the scenes of Mission Impossible too. And it mm-hmm. was uh, the bit where he does this sort of the stunt is he he's on the the rope and he jumps off from like you know a hundred feet and he stops just right in front of camera and he's mm-hmm. just doing it and he goes again again so should we do it again and it was talking about his work ethic and it was mm-hmm. when I was just getting started in television <laughs> and it was like um, you know the thing about Tom like you're saying is first one there last to leave he's always mm-hmm. having a great time he's always talking with the crew and and I was like. That's how I want to be seen. So like when I worked in TV, yeah. for the longest time, I was always, whatever you need, we'll do it. Let's work together as a team. I was like, that guy, I want to be that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I saw that just from watching Tom Cruise make movies. I, I want to be that guy. Yeah, it's, it's very aspirational in that respect. Like when it comes to filmmaking, um, the, the dude is who he is for a reason. Um, and yeah, it's not surprising at all that he would be like car chasing. Yeah, I'm be the one driving the car. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's the benefit of having Tom Cruise being the producer. When when he is the guy signing right. the checks, it's like we don't need insurance. I'm the guy. Let's do it. I, I firmly believe he's going to kill himself making a movie for us. And I think that's I mean, probably the way he wants to go out. I mean, he's going to space for his next movie, right? That's, like that's he's what they so say that that could be that could be the movie. He's re- <laughs> he's returning home. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> say, he's going back to the stars yeah. from when she came. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Is like so he's talking about this, and like, yeah, I want to go to space, and they're going, all right. Well, you see, you'll have to qualify as an engineer, and he goes, okay, fine. So uh, yeah. I'll qualify as an engineer and become an astronaut. I'm like, yeah. okay. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tom's just like, what, what do you need me to do? Oh, I need to qualify on this uh, Boeing helicopter, and it takes twelve weeks. I'll do it in six. Yeah, and really. you know, and I'll do something in this helicopter no one's ever done in their entire life. I'm like, you are insane, and I love you. <laughs> he really is. Like I said, he. I have got just such a man crush on Tom Cruise. I watch everything he's done because he's always amazing. Um, so what else? Like you say, Jack Reacher. That's the thing is that it's like, because we're saying it's so understated as a movie. It's like there's one cool fight scene, there's one great mm-hmm. car chase, and then there's a cool thing just being solved in the middle of it. I mean, like. Yeah. Who else in this movie do you guys want to talk about? Because like I thought Rosamund Pike, she was doing great. Um David David Oyelowo. It's so hard to say his name sometimes. Oyelowo, there we go. Um I thought he's great as well. And I thought that's um spoiler alert, but like a little bit of the twist that involves him is like even when you've seen the movie a million times, you still don't really feel like it's coming. It's Yeah, it's, I for sure like, thought it was her dad. Made played famously. Oh yeah. The dad from uh, Step Brothers. Step Brothers, yeah. yeah. Richard Jenkins, yeah. yeah. He's fantastic. Boy. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> great in this as the district attorney. But it, that's I, the uh, thing, too. This movie does such a good job. At, it's so rewatchable, even though it shouldn't be because the plot yeah. is kind of paper thin. But it's still super engaging every time I see it. Mm-hmm. And I forget, like, the moment-to-moment, like, action, so to speak. Really, uh, it's just so engaging. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, on, I'm on board. I don't care what happens. My only negative... Is that you already know that this character, Jack Reacher, can't fail. Like no one can yeah. stop him, no one can beat him, no one can outsmart him, no one can hurt him. It's just 
and and having Tom Cruise in that role makes that in that role makes it even more obvious. So it kind of takes the the tension out of it a little bit for me. So I get kind of what you mean. He is he's Batman. He's basically yeah, Batman. Yeah, he can't lose. Um, well, he's and he's and he's specifically he's kind of like my least favorite version of Batman. The Batman who's ultra prepared and like he can do anything. Mm-hmm. I love it when Batman like is not an expert yeah. in everything. And like, cause there's plenty of versions like that where he gets overwhelmed. And I think that that's the best right. version, but this is like the classic, like, no, nah, I've been trained in every fight style. Yeah. I, 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 you know, photograph, I'm like Sherlock Holmes and Batman in one. It's just mm-hmm. like, uh, it's like, okay. what, if, what if Tom Cruise had all of Dustin Hoffman's skills from Rain Man and also <laughs> all of <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's skills <laughs> from <laughs> True Lies? Yeah. Ashed them together. That's, it's a fair cop. But the yeah. um, thing is, it, he's a really fun character to read as well because yeah. it's what, mm. what he is is um, like a physical manifestation of, of karma. You know, what I love about Jack Reacher is like he doesn't bring people to justice he brings people to justice you know he he messes people up he kills them he he because they deserve it he's got a line and that's what i love about jack reacher is he has just a line and as soon as you cross that line he's like all right well guess what i got nothing better to do but fuck up your life from this point on because Mm -hmm. you crossed the line and you made that woman upset or you hurt somebody and i'm like i have the ability to make you pay for it and that's why it's yeah. so fun to watch him or to read about this character. It's just he goes out and messes these people up in, in just like a really fun way. Well, that's the thing is like even like on the show, he's like this, you know, road justice minotaur who's just like annihilating like mm-hmm. just these weaklings left and right. And I, and I think the filmmaking in this movie really sells it. Like it's the same thing on paper. Like he's just as invincible. But the filmmaking in this really sells me on like it, it lets me buy into the movie a little bit more than the yeah. show does. The show is fun, and I think the yeah. books I'd feel the same way. I, They're fun, but the I was movie I think is like a level or two deeper. I was telling you guys, if you want that that Reacher experience, but in a much more fun show, definitely watch Banshee on on Max because it's basically <laughs> the same thing. I, I used to have to promo that show on yeah. EPAD on Max because that was I was a show on Cinemax and it's a blast dude. And it's like I've yeah. never watched it. And the irony of it is that because when I did the show in Asia, in Asia you can't have any boobs or anything like that, right? So that's why I was telling you, we always had these terrible shows or movies. But <laughs> and I'm like that was one of those shows that well I'm not gonna watch it in Asia because I've heard there's plenty of nudity and so it's gonna make no sense to me because it's all gonna be cut out of the show. So yeah. there have been way too isn't it Homelander? Right. The guy that plays Homelander. I was gonna yes. say it's yeah. Anthony Starr, right? Yeah. Anthony Starr, who's, another, who's who's about Tom Cruise hype. Yeah, another show. He, brings, the, he brings this presence. I don't want to go too deep into the show, obviously that's not what this is about. I'm just saying. I I I've watched it back when it was on Max and I I constantly tell people it's a dudes show for dudes. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, they, they're every, it's like every episode, they're just running out of uh, ethnic groups for him to f- like, he'll fight Nazis and killers. And it's just, it's great. Just for the premise of that show, isn't it? That he's actually a criminal pretending to be a sheriff. Yes. Or something like that. Yeah. 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 I, won't, I, won't, I will difference. watch it. I will get in on this because <laughs> I think Anthony Starr is great, but I like that you brought so, that up because, because it's that point of, I remember when it was announced and everyone was like, Tom Cruise is Jack Reacher. Everyone's like, oh, it's yeah. great. But also what? Because, you know, again, we were said, as we said many times, the character is supposed to be enormous. But it was Lee Child that came out and he's like, 
Yeah, but Tom Cruise has Jack Reacher energy. He has big dick energy, yeah. basically. Yeah. He's like, he, he can, on screen, this guy has that kind of unstoppable force yeah. that Jack Reacher, the character, has. So, and it was interesting watching it, again, like Will said, after watching the show, because it stood out to me, like, how just not tall he is. But yeah. by halfway through, like, as he beats everyone. It doesn't matter. You're just yeah, like. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. It's not about the only, There was only one line in this movie that makes no sense. Um, Thought you'd be it's taller. Because, it's because, you know, like, <laughs> the character, <laughs> the character is, he has hands the size of dinner plates. He has fists the size of, like, ham hocks, right? So it's that, it's when they frame him for the murder before the car chase. And they're at the, uh, he's at the detectives at the motel and he goes, who do you know who could kill this girl with just one punch? And she goes, Oh, you'll mean 12 C. And I'm like, Tom Cruise doesn't look like the kind of guy that no. one punch. Yeah. yeah. Now, was he, so Tom Cruise, he was always supposed to play this character. Like when they had, they were doing like a casting, they didn't have like a jack off where they were casting other, <laughs> other characters for, for Jack Reacher. I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> a jack off. Get out, Ryan. <laughs> Still got it. No, but I'm serious. Like, I, were, were there other actors? Oh, no, uh, this like is a Tom wanted... Cruise production. Tom okay, Cruise yeah. says, I am going to play Jack Reacher. I'm going to buy the rights and I'm going to make these movies. It was going to be a franchise, but uh, Edward Zwick killed it with the sequel, which yeah. is terrible. It's, it's not like, good. I'm so disappointed. I haven't seen it, so I don't, watch it. I don't know. It's, it's, there's, no, there's literally no redeeming quality. Everything no. that's good about this movie is bad in the other movie, basically. It's oh. such a shame, too, because, like, you know, I mean, how many franchises does this prick need? But... I think still think it would have been such a good. <laughs> yeah, I would have watched. I would have watched five more yeah. if they just kept it going. You know, start with Christopher yeah. McQuarrie. I mean, I like Edward Zwick, but he's one of those directors that either hits it or absolutely flubs it. Oh, you know, totally. Yeah, he's yeah. he's either just you, it's a classic or it's a stone cold, just abysmal. <laughs> just like yeah. about Edward Zwick, you never quite know which one you're going to get, which is a shame. Kind of, kind of like a David Ayer who's like, you know, yeah. he'll come out with like, yes, make training day. And then you're like, yeah. And then, and then it'll make, and, and a watch and then, and then nothing bright. else. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I do like with David Ayer there. It was like, he was, yeah, you know, <laughs> he made like three or yeah, training day, a movie about two guys driving around in a cop car in, in LA. And then he made End of Watch, a movie about two guys driving around in a cop car in LA. And then he made Bright. The supernatural movie about two guys driving around the cop car. And I was like, <laughs> should be right up his alley. He's got a stick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to watch yeah, is good, though. Everyone should watch that. Yes, yeah, so. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I started that once. I, was, I turned it off because I was watching it during the day. But um, it's because the language on that movie was every other word is mm -hmm. a slur or a massive swear word. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, trust me, I swear around my yeah. children. But even I was like, I cannot be watching this scene right now. There's been a hundred swear words. So, in so, you just watch, so you just watch Bad Boys 2 instead? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just want some casual racism. Take the, take, like, take the edge off. Yeah. This is too real. It's too real. Guys, come in. We're going to watch a little bit of homophobia. Wait, come on, come on. It's going to be funny. We're going to throw the F-slur F around. Um, <laughs> let's talk for just a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more about Werner Herzog. You guys, just go. What do you guys feel about Werner Herzog? Oh, I mean, I, that's fantastic. It's He's such a good villain, and I, was this like his first? I mean, I know they put him in Mandalorian, but was there was he oh, like yeah. acting in other things as a villain? Like, I mean, you can't put him in anything. I mean, I know him from that Rick and Morty episode, which I love. <laughs> right, but uh, I, I don't know if he's been in a whole lot of. I mean, 
because he does so many documentaries. I'm so yeah. used to seeing him on camera and hearing his voice. I can't remember if this is like one of his bigger acting things. And I, I was trying to remember if this came out before Mandalorian, but yes, it did. Yeah. This is 2012. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this, uh, I love Warner Herzog. He's just, you know, his movies are, uh, I'm not a hundred percent like on board with all of his movies. I think he's made a couple of duds, but I love hearing the guy talk. He's got such yeah. an interesting thought process and super intelligent and in thinking about the way he makes his movies and such an interesting philosophy. But it's also, he's kind of like David Cronenberg. And like when he does show up as an actor in something, it's such a delight. Because yeah. both of them are not acting. They're just basically doing themselves. Cronenberg, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cronenberg, like he recently, like he's on Star Trek Discovery as basically himself. <laughs> and like just showing up as David Cronenberg in Star Trek. And it's a delight every time he's on screen. I'm so happy. And, but yeah. Werner Herzog, it's the same thing. He just shows up. It's like, I am here to play creepy bad guy number one i will do this role to the best of my abilities and it's fantastic i love it yeah, the just a walking light off your fingers yeah, yeah. <laughs> the casting nerd is like oh okay <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised after everything we learned if that was improv where he's just telling the guy like i want to see if i can get him to bite his fingers off on camera <laughs> what warner what are, you, what are you talking <laughs> yeah see if he does it <laughs> Jai, stop crying. We're doing this. That's not weird. I really like this. Uh, keep going. Now, 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 see, I really, <laughs> I love the movie Grizzly Man, in case you can't tell. Yeah. I, uh, that was one of my favorite documentaries. So, it's, um, <laughs> he is, I used to, I remember saying to my missus, I'd like, can you imagine if Werner Herzog was your grandpa? You know, he's like, oh would you like a little sweetie? No, I wish. no, I wouldn't. Like, <laughs> I wish. like, do you want to go and hang out with Grandpa? No, he's come, terrifying. Come over here and sit on Grandpa's lap. <laughs> oh, I, will, I will read you many tales in my foreign land. <laughs> this it. is the part where the woodsman cuts open the big bad wolf. <laughs> it got spill open like, oh, Grandpa. I'm so song. jealous. <laughs> you guys both do such a good one. <laughs> I'm actually doing... For the record, I'm doing Paul F. Tompkins impersonating yeah. Herzog, <laughs> which which is if you get a chance to hear him do it on uh, Comedy Bang Bang, is yes, otherworldly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and do yourselves a favor, like go look up Werner Herzog talking about WrestleMania. It's <laughs> it's like that's as close to Nirvana as you could possibly. Yeah, get. it's fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> um, movie ends off with a pretty cool scene. I mean, what I like about this is that you know is and jack reacher they do this is like jack jack fights dirty you know jack is he's nobody's friend and like he's just he'll kick you in the nuts he'll gouge your eyes out he's like i'm just here to hurt yeah you. it's kind of gouge in this movie i like the um there's there's and there's also like comedy in this movie which is quite interesting there's moments of like the one that i love the most is when he's in the crack house which i by the way <laughs> suggest is the exact same house that um that Jean-Claude Van Damme's ex-wife lives in, in Sudden Death. I think I wouldn't be shocked. I yeah. think it's the same house. There's the same establishing shot. Um, but uh, in that scene where he, there's the two guys, the, the baseball bat and the, the thing. And so he gets knocked out into the bathtub. And these two guys are just trying to so Jesus hard to Christ. hit him. Yeah. But they keep getting in each other's way and trashing everything. It's such a funny scene. And then, I got it. And then he hits the yeah. guy in the face. <laughs> like... It's it, it plays as it's funny, but it plays as such a real moment too. Yeah. Like 
if you were to actually like try to swing a bat in a bathroom that small, yeah, yeah, you're gonna it's gonna be a three stooges routine. And I just love that <laughs> Tom Cruise is just watching it happen. Like, do you guys need help beating him up? Like, you guys, you seem like you're in trouble. I was waiting for him to like look at the camera like Jim from the office and just do it. Like, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Tuesdays. <laughs> Can't get good help nowadays. Um, but like I like because he definitely the thing is I think that Tom really gets the character like to that point of there's that moment of when you see the line getting crossed where he's on the phone and they've got they've got like we've got we've got what's her face is like, I don't care and then he goes you know what now you've pissed off calls back and goes no you know what I'm gonna cr- I'm gonna drink your blood out of my boot and then like I'm yeah. gonna kill you and I'm like and he does and I yeah. find it so satisfying. You know, he just yeah. beats the ever living shit out of Jai Courtney, and then just yeah. like, and then just kills him with his boot. You did, love yeah. him. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, Drubba Duval too. All right, so that's um, this movie. It's 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 great. I'm so I, I really just wanted to talk about because I wanted to talk about Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie because mm-hmm. I Edge of Tomorrow. You know, they were yeah. like, that script. That is one of the best. I think original scripts and original movies of the last sort of 10 years, greatly underrated as well. Um, yeah. And, and an adaptation as well. It's an adaptation. Yeah. It's a manga, like, right? yeah. And uh, if anybody's read the manga, they, it's one of these, all you need I is kill. Think, is that it? All you need to kill, which fantastic title, yeah. like an yeah. incredible title. But to just talk about that real quick. Um, I, it's one of these, I don't know if this will ever happen again. Um, all the changes they made to the source material are not better or worse. They're just as good as like the original ideas in there. It's one of these weird, like every hmm. change they made is exactly as good conceptually as the original ideas. In there. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it where they do character swaps and character changes, but all of them work just as well. Totally and bizarre. Long, a long still waiting, sequel. Still waiting well. for it. Yeah. Emily Blunt's I, on board. I would. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Everyone's God. on board. They just but now she's, but now she's officially too old for Tom Cruise. So he's got to figure something <laughs> oh, out yeah. there. Yeah. So that that was the distracting thing in this movie is like all the the women are like oh my god he's so handsome and it's like you are like 19 yeah. you're 30 that, that is an old man, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you all doing that's werner herzog <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's only five years younger than werner herzog um oh god he's you never bloody know i bet he bloody is you know that's yeah. what's absolutely bonkers to me right now <laughs> um that movie that movie is dope and i i i watch it mm. all the time um but let's uh, let's skip on over. Let's um, let's let's segue a little bit because, like I said, as as much as I sort of think that Jack Reacher is kind of like a an understated movie, let's go even more understated. Let's jump into mm. to Witness, um, which, uh, like I said before, directed by Peter Weir. Um, this movie from the get go, I think the thing is, like I said, I have only seen a few Peter Weir movies. And one of the ones that's my absolute favorite, as Ryan has ref- referenced, is uh, Master and Commander, Far Side of the World, is the mm-hmm. ultimate Sunday dad movie for me. Yep. Um, yeah. If it is even one minute or an hour in, a few, if I was flicking on television, I'm watching the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't understand why I love it so much. But I was watching Witness, because um, it's a movie that's not, it's not arm, it's more armish. Um, <laughs> terrible to Ryan's face right now <laughs> but I was honestly worried that I was getting into this sort of 80s movie and it's like oh we're, we're gonna it's a crime thing in me Bob and the Amish are involved and I, I was kind of feeling like they were gonna be used as a prop whereas yeah. within 10 minutes of watching this movie I'm like 
did they make this movie with the Amish in like, it feels like a documentary. Is this, that's how I describe this movie. It feels like a documentary. Um, Have any of you guys seen this movie before either? No, I I, I hadn't seen it. I I kind of heard of it, but it just kind of, it was way before my time. And I was just, it didn't never, it never struck me as like my type of film to watch. Mm But I uh, really enjoyed it and definitely, uh, like you were saying, it, it subverted my expectations. I thought it was going to go one way and it really didn't. Um, this movie brought to you by Big Amish. <laughs> yeah. uh, I thought it was like, uh, it, I was, we were saying earlier, it reminded me of that weird uh, Tim Allen and Kirstie Alley movie where they also have to escape and pretend to be Amish, but it's very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a big craze in the 80s and 90s. Pretending to be yeah. Amish was, a, yeah. was kind of a thing for a while. Yeah. I had never seen this movie either. Um, I had heard of it. Um, but I never sought it out. Uh, and like I said, it only yeah. recently came on my radar, but I, I really, really dug it. And I kept uh, thinking of the weird owl song the whole time I'm watching. Yeah. This movie. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't yeah. escape it, dude. <laughs> yeah. I think I even sent a text in the, uh, the text, right? Yeah. That was, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the perfect gift for sure. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I really dug it. Um, and the cast was great too, even though yeah. like it's, um, like Danny Glover is playing such a like thankless role. Yeah. Uh, only a, only a couple years. I thought he was too young for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the irony in just two years, he'd yeah. only be too old. Yeah, it was um, interesting because he turned up and I assumed it was going to be a big role. And it was like, but then the more I thought about it, I go, oh, this is 85. And then I'm looking at him going, oh, he's actually quite young. And yeah. like, it, it's surprisingly yeah. small role for him that it was yeah. a, but also really good. And then also we, we, you know, everyone was clocking, uh, in the first five minutes, is that Vigo Mortensen? You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, just like, just baby, baby Vigo, baby Vigo. Good old Vilgo uh, Morgenstein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then some other, some other kid who, uh, you know, basically he probably didn't have a career after this. We don't even need to talk about the child. Big nobody, I say. Um, <laughs> um and who was uh, what was her name? Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. Yeah. McGillis. Yes. Very convincing uh, Amish act. Like, yes. Like very like. Yeah. Very, I mean, I I famously know her obviously from Top Gun and not much else, else. But seeing her in this, yeah, <laughs> like she really escaped into that role too. I thought it was a fantastic real. job. That was one of those things. Yeah. Of like very you convincing. know, I so I got into looking at it. So, um, it was shot as like you'd expect for real in in all of those areas. Um. That um, there were a few Amish that said, yeah, we will come on as like, you know, we'll help build things and we'll help do this. But they didn't want to be on camera. So everyone on camera is basically Mennonite, sort of like playing Amish. But I think the thing that I I really, really respected about the movie is nothing about the movie is anything to do with the Amish, if you know what I mean. It just. Right. It's 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 they're just people. They're going on about their lives in no way is they going, isn't this weird? Isn't this weird? (laughs) You know, it's just the reality of where the story's yeah. being told. And I, and I loved that. I was like, I, it was, that was something that was surprising to me. Until they hit Rumspringer, then it's all bets are <laughs> off, baby. <laughs> yeah. That's when they go hog wild. <laughs> but I like that, that the plot of the movie is essentially taken. It's an Amish wife, a Amish mother and child go into the big city and in, within five minutes have witnessed a double murder. <laughs> it's like, yeah. never go to the big city, guys, ever. Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh, it's the worst. Yeah, and the guy who gets murdered is, say it with me, the uh, the commander from uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, then Data is a superior officer. 
We all uh, that's what we were all gonna say, right? I I that's knew it. from that guy I know the guy. As soon as I saw him, I was like, Oh, I know that guy, and he didn't stick around long enough. It's the bit. campaign the campaign manager from Black Sheep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the other work people yeah. know him from. Yeah. Star Trek Next Generation, that one episode, and Black Sheep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um all right, so the the plot of the movie, which um is essentially that like I was saying, is that Lucas Huss and his mum um kelly mcgillis they go into the big city is it um where which is philadelphia and while they're mm-hmm. they're waiting to take a train to boston lucas Huss has to go to the bathroom and while he's there he witnesses um hence the title uh, danny glover <laughs> and another guy who is just basically just another guy um kill what turns out to be uh, an undercover police officer slit his throat uh he's the only witness um but and I do give this movie credit because I actually had to rewind because um, it, it's it happens so quickly. There's just a very big twist suddenly, which is like Harrison Ford basically goes to his superior and he's like, all right, I think I know what's going on here. There was um, like all of this uh, stuff used to make amphetamines was com- like uh, yeah, put into our uh, evidence locker. It's all gone. That's worth like twenty two million dollars. And, and the boss is like, wow, who knows about this? And you're just me and you. And the very next scene, Danny Glover turns up and like shoots Harrison yeah. Ford and almost kills him. And I'm like, it, like I, I backed up. I was like, wait a minute, I've missed something. Like I, I was, I need to pay more attention. Like, oh shit, okay, here we go. The bad guy is the is boss. Kind of. I mean, it was pretty fucking obvious, dude. The second he's like, who else knows about this? You're like, oh no. yeah, it's <laughs> oh great. Uh, so it kicks off, which is kind of like the point of the movie is that now, like, suddenly Harrison Ford, who's kind of like his detective John Book, he goes strictly <laughs> by the book. Um, he is basically God shot, injured, wi- realize they're in trouble. So they go off back to Amish country um, and, and go and hide among the community. He's injured. And then, of course, in this community, there's no real, like, records. There's no phone records. There's, like, addresses. So... They said they're all, yeah, the, the, what is it, their last name is like Lap, and he's like, we've got 20,000 of those motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, call them. They don't have phones. Yeah, you're welcome yeah. to come down and yeah. try, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that's essentially uh, essentially the premise of the movie. And it's quite, it's a, again, it's a great, like long periods of like no yeah. one really speaking. Um, mm. And it just, it felt yeah. so real. I think one of my favorite scenes um, was the, the barn yeah. raising. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I reckon I was sitting there going, if I had put money on it, I reckon they just shot that in one day. I reckon they actually just put up a barn. I mean, because yeah. I thought it was kind of cool. You see Harrison Ford up there and correct me if I'm wrong. Harrison Ford was a carpenter when he was yeah. and he went off and did Star Wars. You know what I mean? So he was originally he worked as a carpenter on film sets kind of thing in the same way that kind of like Bill uh, Paxton used to do very mm-hmm. similar. He used to be like a fixer on sets and he's just you've got a bit of a personality. You should do our movie. The yeah. <laughs> The Tom Cruise of his day. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Just an expert. Well, like, do you, a, you, do you guys a Jack reach a Jack reacher of all trades? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you could kind of see his carpentry skills. Like that. This guy's been in a Harrison Ford that he's been doing it for a while, especially when he takes like that, like, uh, Lathe. long piece of wood. Yeah. And he's just freehand, not even like holding up against something. Takes like a saw, and it's just hacking off, like, you know, yeah. just freehand hacking off a part, like, piece of wood while he's, like, way up in the air. And it's like, oh, this guy's a carpenter for real life. Like, <laughs> he's been doing this kind of thing for a while. 
Um, I, this I, is, yeah, I don't think there's any other way to shoot that scene other than you get like a hundred people and you raise a bar. Oh yeah. I think that's the only way you shoot it. This was a, <laughs> this was a tough watch after I should have watched this before Jack Reacher. Cause it's a similar, while a similar like detective kind of thriller, mm-hmm. this one really does take its time and is paced very differently, but in like the best way. I mean, it really, it's almost like two different movies rolled rolled into one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, I tell you this much: it does make Philadelphia look like an absolute shithole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. It makes Philadelphia any well, it is a major city in the eighties. <laughs> let's be honest; they were all like, think back yeah. to like watching, like you know, watching uh, Coming to America. Like yeah. Queens, yeah. Looks like- it's all they're all cracked in, and I'm from Queens, so that, I mean, they're all cracked ends. That's it. <laughs> it's all da- da- the downtown is a just a hive of scum and villainy. I, yeah, yeah. I did like how. How, um, like, we, at the very beginning, so they, they get the Lucas Haas' statement and he says, oh, it was looks like your partner, but bigger. So his partner um, is like a smaller guy, looks like Danny Glover. He's like, oh, he's supposed to be bigger, but so a bigger guy and he's he's black like my partner? Okay. The next scene is they just drive Bring him to in. a bar. <laughs> they just drive to a bar, Jesus. grab the biggest yeah. black guy they can find. Yeah. Abuse his yeah. civil rights, <laughs> press his face against the glass, right? And the guy goes, it's not him. And then he goes... <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. And the guy was like, "No, it's all fine." Yeah, it's like, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah. It. Oh. It's like, oh, See you it's next okay. week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little game they play. It's yeah. so funny. It's... Like, are you kidding me? Why are you okay with the fact? Sorry, sorry, Carl. One of these days, though, it's gonna <laughs> be you. <laughs> You're all. I did commit a crime. You just haven't figured it out yeah. yet. Like, oh. I'm gonna find the right child witness, and we're gonna catch it, pal. <laughs> um. Something that as well, everything about this movie is understated. Um, One thing that I thought was really well done um, and kept kind of like ambiguous to a point, but is just that that, that, uh, Kelly McGillis is kind of horny for for Harrison Ford. She's like, she's, it's, she's feeling feelings that she shouldn't be feeling. Yeah, I know. Who yeah. was it? Christ Almighty. It's 80s Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 80s Harrison Ford. Christ Almighty. If I was like, God, it, it makes me feel kind some kind of way. The guy is handsome. He's actually, you know, yeah. he's he's building that thing. Like, dude, that's a, that is a handsome dude. Um, but like, no, no, like, is that she played that really well. And of course, you know, with yeah. Peter Weir's hand on the, on the wheel, like, you, you see it and you see the desire, but you've also got the kind of the B plot of, well, she's also got this fella, the, this Amish guy. Yeah. The, um, the Alexander Gudinov character. Who at the beginning, the middle, and the end, like at the end, he's like, well, cool, I guess I'm just going to get Kelly McGillis. But there's this whole thing inside her that she's like, but also it's Harrison Ford and he's so wild and crazy and he's my loins. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, you're right, but it was, it was played very, it was restrained. Like it, it, it was held yeah. back. It wasn't, it, it was there, but it was unassuming, but it was still like tenuous and spicy, you know? I, I have a question for you guys because I, I, it's the, this is the game we're going to play is, it's time to play. Did they bone? Because they don't in the movie. They just they have a very awkward kissing scene. That was a. You're, ta- you're talking about Danny Glover and Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's been reading my diary. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's and it's kind of like I was even looking into this. Is that like there was another scene that they cut out, which was them um, explaining their feelings for each other, and and uh, Peter Weir cut it out. Uh, even though the studio said keep it in, he goes, no, no, it's all being told in their faces. It's all being told, mm-hmm. um, which it is, to be honest. Yeah. Like, but it's that one thing is, do you think they boned or not? Because I'm 
You're in the bone camp. You're in the suggests- bone zone. No. <laughs> Sorry, what'd you say? I said you're in the bone. You're in the bone zone. Yeah, I, I, I want to see. Like, did they, did they go to the bone zone? What do you guys think? I don't think so. Don't think so. <sighs> you know, now that you bring it up, I would not shock me if they did. Because I mean, this is Harrison Ford before he met Calista Flockhart. So no, I don't, I don't mean. I don't mean in real life. I mean, <laughs> oh, in the movie. I mean the characters. Do you? In, I don't mean to disparage the character of Harrison Ford in real life. Um, <laughs> But yes, the answer to both questions is yes. Uh, (laughs) uh, You you mean to tell me you think they were churning some serious butter is what's happening. (laughs) They were mashing it. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) She raised his bomb. Um, Yeah. There's a cool bit. There's a a good scene where like just some douchebags bully the Amish. They just like yeah, because <laughs> of course you, it wouldn't be. You have to. That has it's to be the eighties. It's the eighties. You had bully, to have bullies in there. Yeah, gotta bully some uh, bully some Amish, and then uh, Harrison Ford beats the crap out of them. And this is like you know nowadays it would be oh it'd be a viral video kind of thing, but it's the uh, the thing that sort of exposes them to the bad guys, which sets up this um this moment towards the end where um, the three bad guys rock up um, with some weapons and. Uh, Harrison Ford takes them out Amish style. Like, like, well, he takes yeah. one of them out with corn, uh, which is really good. But it's a really, I really like that shot. It's a very imposing, intimidating shot of the three of them walking towards their community holding shotguns. And it's like, it's, it, I, mm-hmm. I really want to watch this movie again just to, to really like, just appreciate how the story is told and how it makes mm-hmm. you feel uncomfortable or comfortable it's like peter weir is like he is really really good (laughs) yeah he does and then even this the the shootout like it's not it's not a long drawn out like thing it's not a big action scene it's tension he takes one guy out with corn then he gets his weapon very quickly takes out danny glover um and then you get this sort of scene where it's his boss he's got the gun and he basically how does harrison ford he just goes no no you know, they really just bell. he talks him out of it. Like, yeah, that's the yeah. thing. How many movies do you he, know have the he uses his words, guys? He yeah, uses his words. <laughs> More movies than he did. He actually uses his fucking yeah. words. I'm at the end of going, there's not many movies in the world that have that kind of balls. For, for a split second, I thought the guy he was going to convince the guy to just shoot himself. Yeah, I thought, I thought yeah. he put a fucking bullet in his own head, and I was like, but oh, this, that's what I kind of dug about it. Is it's like you know, they the Amish turn up, and it's just like. And it's, they're not being threatening. It's just, well, what are you going to do? There's 200 witnesses. You know, it's yeah. just, what are you going to do? Just stop it. Stop yeah. it, you. Wag yeah, a finger yeah. and he goes, okay, the end. Yeah, you're right. I almost, I almost thought he was going to hit him with like a rolled, rolled up newspaper and just be like, stop, <laughs> yeah. stop, stop, stop. Put the gun yeah. down. Stop it. Like a, like a wa- little spray water bottle or to shake his keys at him or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> give, him a, give him a good old-fashioned talking to. That's what. <laughs> but like, but it I, is. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's kind of like, yeah, What are, if you're the bad guy in that situation, what are you going to do? You can't shoot 200 people. You know, well, you're you're kind of, well, uh, you can try. Unless, <laughs> unless it's the next movie we're about to talk about. Yeah, but, <laughs> which yeah, we were but, about to jump to. But I was like, it's, yeah, I feel like with Peter Weir, it's the, yeah, well, what would actually happen? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. as opposed to Michael Bay, he goes, what would be ridiculous and cool in this situation? You know, 
Like mm-hmm. Harrison mm-hmm. Ford would have turned the Amish would have actually formed one giant Amish robot and would have then like you know taken out all the yeah. guys <laughs> as the sun was setting, and then there'd be a close up of Kelly Miller-Gillis's ass for some reason, and then the credits yeah. with a guitar solo, and Michael Bay would make a billion dollars. Yeah, hold on, I'm That's writing it. all this down. That's yeah, it. good, good, good. Make sure you get that down because yeah, that is an that amazing yeah. goddamn movie. But you know what? Mecca Amish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, Witness is a movie that I would. I thought. Freaking fantastic. Uh, beautifully shot. Um, everything yeah. made sense. So well acted. Like I said, I, I believed... Because there's whole portions of the movie where they're just speaking Dutch to each other and there's no subtitles. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask because I, I rented this on Vudu and it just says speaking German, but it doesn't say... Yeah, what yeah. I got no subtitles saying. when I was watching it. Me neither. And, um, but, yeah. I, but then you notice when they're only talking to each other, they talk, they're speaking in English so we can understand. So I think it's deliberately, it's supposed to be, you, mm-hmm. you know, the way they call the English... You know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, anyone else that's not them. It's, I thought that was very clever um, as well. So if you were saying if you were in Pennsylvania, you would just be that English in Pennsylvania. I, I would be that Englishman. <laughs> that that, that English, Englishman English, that <laughs> English Englishman in Pennsylvania. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's, let's move away from understated. Um, let's, let's, <laughs> let's do what we've been gagging to do since we logged oh, on. Yes. Let's talk about the other movie on this list. What may be the greatest uh, movie experience I, I've ever had. I've, I've honestly, I need to talk about this movie for the next three hours. Let's talk about 1995's Sudden Death. Now, guys, this may surprise you. This was the first time I've ever seen this movie. So have this, you had you heard of it, though? I, have, I was aware of it. I, I know for a fact I definitely saw about five minutes of it once because it was on the TV sure. at yeah. my boarding school. I just walked through during a fight scene. I wish I could get into the plot of this movie, but I genuinely can't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I plot think... Well, you're, you're, you're a fool <laughs> for thinking the plot even matters in this movie. Yeah. Because even I, I was like, I don't understand what it is, but it the, doesn't matter. The, the, the fundamentals of it being that Jean-Claude Van Damme is a traumatized fireman who uh, now works as the fire marshal for a, the stadium where the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup, which also has the, the vice president at it. Uh, and, and basically, uh-huh. Powers Booth is a rogue <laughs> Secret Service agent who comes to try and get dark government money. Uh, you know what? I don't care anymore. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, doesn't matter. But it's, um, it's like they sort of, they looked at, Every diehard movie, every diehard clone movie that existed before 1995, and instead of sort of thinking, maybe we could do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, they said, no, no, let's do all of it. Let's do every <laughs> single, let's just do 17 three-minute scenes that do all these different things and stitch it together in what way? In what way? Doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, the one conceit, the one thing about this movie that I will give credit is the multiple ticking clocks of it all. Mm-hmm. Is that the bad guy basically says you've got to have a certain amount of money by the end of uh, you know the first period, certain amount by the end of the second period, the end of the third period, and then by you know so by the end of the game, and then of course, spoiler alert from the title of the movie, we go to sudden death. Then I was like, I do like that they give they give us ticking clock after ticking clock after yep. ticking clock. Yeah, one ticking clock is not enough for this movie. Like this, it needs like nine. Because <laughs> not only are there the game clocks, there is also. Like bombs that are on different oh. timers, bombs that are not on timers, uh, bombs that are in toys, 
Um, sometimes they're just firecrackers that are in toys, just that you set off in like popcorn factories. I don't understand like anything about this movie, and I love it dearly. Yeah, this is this was this was a blast to watch. You'd, you'd yeah. be impressed to know that Schwarzenegger turned this down because he had just finished filming True Lies. Stallone turned this down because he thought the script was horrible. Uh, and Bruce Willis turned this down because he was going to film uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. And he calls Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's like, I'm on the next flight, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> yes. That, Stallone turning this down is hilarious. That man did stop or my mom will shoot. Yeah. Like, the, he the turned idea. this down because the script was bad. He didn't offer <laughs> to rewrite it. <laughs> yeah. he didn't I just watched credit. Cobra last night. He could have totally rewritten it. He's the man. It's... Um, I will say though, like there are—I told you guys there were a couple of absolutely world-class camera moves in this in this movie. The very first one being the opening shot of there is a house on fire. Crane comes all the yeah. way down. House on mm-hmm. fire. Fireman follow fireman into the house that's on fire. Go through. Now there's a there's a floor missing. Go down into the basement. Go into a back room and end up on a close up of Jean Claude yeah. Van Damme and this young girl. That I was like, holy shit! Is this? Movie I thought it was good. I thought Spoiler it was really alert. fucked up. No, <laughs> I, I thought it was really. I thought it was really fucked up. He killed that kid. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is we've just done this camera move and i'm like oh you know yeah. this is he's a hero like, he's a hero and then, yeah. and nope. then no one's coming to rescue him the house comes down and then we'll, we just get this close-up of this adorable blonde child like the eyes open yeah. just dead oh dead yeah. and it goes two years later i'm like wow yeah. Well, yeah. This is much, how yeah. study? much like the untouchables this movie opens with the death of a child <laughs> Just love it. Incredible. Uh, goes, goes two years into the future, and uh, and then yeah. and then, like I said, guys, I my theory is that Jack Reacher is technically a sequel to Sudden Death, and that Jean Claude Van Damme's ex-wife is the crack mum from Jack Reacher outside because that I swear to God I'm telling you is the same house because even the missus goes you know what I think you're right that looks like the exact same shot from Jack Reacher we're like right this is maybe it's I just mean, you can see pretty street in the whole of pittsburgh <laughs> well yeah. christopher mcquarrie is a notorious not only a penguins fan but a sudden death fan <laughs> <laughs> right he said it's his favorite movie yeah. of all time right um <laughs> on I this mean, podcast you can <laughs> see like the city in the background same way you can in jack yeah. reacher so i would i would not have a hard time believing that this is like either the same neighborhood or uh, the same That's possible, house yeah. 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 There are, there are give so me the, many, Give me the sudden death house. <laughs> yeah. There are so many things about this movie that just w- didn't make any sense. Like, for example, like. Um, Name one. Name okay. one. <laughs> Name 200. You can't. The, the, the constant ticking <laughs> clock of it all is there'd be scenes where, like, three seconds have passed and it goes back to the clock and it's three minutes later. And other scenes where. 20 minutes of movie has passed. It cuts back to the clock and it's ticked down 90 seconds from the last time we've seen it. Right. Okay. They, just, name they would two. randomly just put <laughs> times up there. Just go, yeah. the clock is still ticking. You're like, yeah. there was no sense of any. The time is irrelevant. It's the ticking that matters. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. I mean, everything set up in this movie has like major payoffs, like him doing the, the sign language with his, his kids. Oh yeah, guys, his kids are at this hockey game. That's right. Not one, yes. two kids. And they get separated as well. I'm like, this one kid, his son is just, he thinks his dad is a failure. He's not a firefighter anymore. And his daughter's very defensive. 
And I mean, that, that girl did die. Technically, the kid's right. His yeah, dad is a failure. Yeah. <laughs> True. True. Kid uh, ain't wrong. The, the one thing, I, he's like, hey, do you want to go into the locker room? I'm like, well, you're just going to bring this kid into this NHL player's locker room? These fucking yeah. dongs hanging out being, and everything. Like, being, <laughs> being shown around by, like, the coach. And it's yeah. like, yeah. wow, this is a really... And it's all the players. Of, yeah. It's just a fire marshal. And it's like, come on in. No problem. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, meet my son. This is the fire marshal. He keeps us alive. I'm like, what? Yeah. What's he changes fucking up? light bulbs. <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, there, there's, you were saying set up and pay off. There are certain things that you think are setting up to be paid off later in the movie that they then pay off within five seconds as well. well. It's just yeah. like, and then there was, I think the weirdest of them all was when we almost meet the blonde girl that is inside the suit, the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Penguin suit. But we mm-hmm. meet her at the very beginning when she goes off with one of her kids, just the back of her head. We only, yeah. we only need the back of her head and then she's in passing and then she's in like she's just some random blonde character that I think must have really angered the editor or the director because she's essentially cut out of this movie. She just doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, no shots from her angle at all to introduce ever. her character. And, and, and <laughs> like, you know, he calls her a name. Like, yeah. he's, but you know, she's character. an absolute, you know, she's an absolute smoke show because the little boy is just like, oh, my God, who is that? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert, that's the woman inside the penguin suit. <laughs> <It was> so, <laughs> that's right women can be penguins too and, and <laughs> such a progressive movie yeah so this is the thing guys because you know we I, we were texting like i was watching the movie about 40 minutes ahead of will i yeah. am texting I, I i maybe once every every minute of this movie as i'm just going i can't believe this is happening i can't believe this i'm like we're gonna have to talk about the kitchen fight scene okay oh, there's yeah. another kitchen oh, fight God. scene we're gonna have to talk about because we're gonna <laughs> do a second fight scene in this kitchen <laughs> You know, it's like, you know what I love about st- the stadium is the metal workshop. I mean, like, just, yeah. Yeah. all stadiums yes, have a metal I, workshop. Now, now I, I forget, is there is there a double cross in this movie? Is there <laughs> is there, a, uh, that, is I was going to bring this up. I think all three of our movies have a double cross. Sure, yeah. yeah. Every Which, great uh, movie does. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that was fantastic. It's like, by the time we got to this movie, I'm like, there's a double cross in yeah. this film uh, as well. You're right. We've got oh the corrupt cop, the corrupt cop, and the corrupt secret service agent. I'm like, well played. Fantastic. <laughs> I had like to, 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 I think, 30 minutes into this movie, the amount of people that have a bullet put in their head in front of a small child is shocking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, that, I, that, that screen this, shot of, uh, of the penguin. That was great. Shooting, shooting the guy in the head. That's my background now. My yeah, computer. like that's <laughs> this movie hands out headshots like like it's Oprah dumping them out to her audience. Like you get a headshot, <laughs> you get a headshot. It's insane how many people casually just get blasted in the fucking face. Oh, that's something I really enjoyed. Is that I yeah. this much as bad guys? They were pretty bad. Uh, they, they 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 if they made a threat, they they paid off on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Them. Oh well, the mayor's dead. The mayor's wife's yeah. dead as well. It's just yeah. he, he the chef. The chef. <laughs> This yeah, she's in her house eating her fig newtons. Yeah, she is well, Mrs. I don't need you anymore. Yeah, Mrs. Roper from Three's Company. Boom, she's dead. Um, that's right, because it's the slight that guy, that extra character, the guy with the earring or whatever that's just going around causing trouble casually and shooting RPGs. Oh, and- that Austin Powers Soprano, as I call him, like just <laughs> <laughs> like somebody who's like you know not only a mobster but also has the frilliest pink shirt I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> What a called choice. Called fashion. Look it up. <laughs> this, what a choice. So the, the movie for me, it, it hit, it hit like, you know, just Captain Crazy Town when he has a full on fight scene with someone in the penguin outfit 
And at no point does the hat kind of like the head, the head. Come no. And I'm, it's and I'm watching this full fight scene here. And this is this. I can't believe this is happening. It may not surprise you that the original writing of this script, it was written as a spoof. It was written no. as a diehard spoof. <laughs> and they were like, let's just make it real. <laughs> like, oh, but, man. But I, we'll keep the spoof because it, at all points. Now that you say that, yeah. It insane. Does feel like a Leslie Nielsen type. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Naked like Gun a, 4. Naked Gun, yeah. I can't, I can't overstate how hard I was laughing when I'm like watching this fight scene with the Matt Penguin mascot. And I'm just like, now, take, take off, take off the head, take, it, take off the stuff. And then it's, there's, there's a comedy beat. I, there is not played for laughs, but there's a part where <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme lifts the, the mascot up and it starts chopping off like the yeah. mascot's head. Yep. And mm-hmm. you're hearing the person scream inside. And I'm like, <laughs> did the movie forget that <laughs> that head is fake? And like I was die i i that was, was red faced heaving like i, I was laughing that was so amazing hard. i could not breathe at that point i did like i appreciated the fact that they didn't have because he's a firefighter they don't have him as like some insane martial artist like be, being able to do right. like, all the typical jean-claude van damme like he doesn't do any splits in this movie no splits no, but he does no lots splits. of kicks there's lots of kicks but i yeah. do like i mean the the chekhov spray gun um, that his son has put a water gun. He's like, you know what I can do? I can fill this with some lather fluid and I can get a lather. And because I am a fireman with right. my perfect Pennsylvania accent, I can oh, do flawless them. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Darren from the United States. Yep. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think we need to about that. bring up in the, obviously in the beginning of the film, he also mentions in a throwaway line that he used to play hockey to one of he, the hockey players. He used to, he was a, he used to play goalie, goalie. semi-pro. It's nothing like you guys. You, Cause I can't even remember how or why this happens, but this is maybe the greatest part of the movie that he's kind of trying to avoid the bad guys. And he, <laughs> and the main goalie has been injured and is just basically he's unconscious. Sick, right? He undresses him without waking up the goalie and then goes into the Stanley Cup and plays in goal for 10 minutes of the movie. And I'm like, this is game seven, guys. Game just, seven. Yeah. I, I think I texted you guys seven times, guys. I just shouted, I can't believe this just happened at the television over and over again. The movie completely switches genres at that movie, like moment. And it's like one of those like 90s family movies where it's like the dad isn't always there. But now he's like playing. Yeah. It, it becomes Jingle All the Way for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And, you know, and I was like. And he signals, it, he signals to does his Does the son. I love you thing? Yeah. And yeah, like, the, and which would be the climax ex- in that movie. <laughs> like, and it's also, I like the other thing that said, because he's also expressly told his son, who's sprayed his sister and made her run off, he goes, you do not leave this chair. Yeah. Even if the stadium is falling down around you, you do not leave. Yeah. And I go, well, I got a funny feeling the stadium's going to fall down around this town. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this is a setup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love that they said that. I was yeah. like, this movie is written by oh, yeah. like like children. I mean, I was getting into like the people, the Baldwins. It's story by Karen Baldwin, produced by Howard Baldwin. It's like somebody's wife just wrote a script and they were like, "Make this movie for me," and no changes whatsoever. And like, all right, baby, we're gonna make sure. this. Yeah. Um, and to be I, clear, you're not saying that as a negative. No, no, I'm saying, no. thank God, this movie got made. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. I think I think the writer of this movie, uh, they were a helicopter expert, right? Like they. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, they understand. They understand how helicopters work. Correct. <laughs> the that is the moment for me where 
I, I went back and watched it again. I woke my wife up because I was not just laughing. I was screaming laughing. I was in full-blown hysterics. I am leaning forward, tears running down my face. And I'm like, I, can't, I said, I've got to back up and watch that again. So there is a, a scene right at the end. It is the, it's on the cover of the movie. It's just a helicopter yes. gets blown up. Um, and, and it is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like <laughs> the amount of times that we cut, I was like, baby, watch, just FYI, there's a helicopter in this shot. And it cuts from helicopter to Jean-Claude Van Damme, to helicopter, to close-up of Powers Booth, to close-up of Jean-Claude, to another close-up of Powers Booth as he falls even It is the slowest falling helicopter in the history of movies. It follows no physics whatsoever. And it looked terrible. And I was oh just God. seeing, guys, that they actually had a 400-foot crane that could pick up and lower the helicopter. Nine cameras recorded the event. It was filmed several times, and there were hundreds of emergency vehicles on standby. In the case of an emergency, I didn't believe for one second there was a real helicopter because it looked uh, fucking awful. <laughs> it was so yeah. funny. <laughs> it's, I didn't think I could see a climax of a movie that looked worse than Jaws 4, but they <laughs> pulled it off. It they looked did. so bad. It was like... I can't believe there's that much effort into it. I, I feel like for the people listening at home, there's no way to like really describe how slow this thing is. Like you, if you remember the awesome power scene where there's like the steamroller uh, yeah. no. and the guy is standing there. No. And it's like five minutes. It's like that. It is like that slow. And everyone is. is just kind of watching it. Like it's going to crash, right? Like it, 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 it was, still keeps going. I thought it was flawless. Going? I'm sorry. I thought it was perfect. <laughs> it was, but you know, Will, Will you, you, that the great example it is, it's like that scene, but three times longer. And yeah, it's like, it's so much longer. That's a, the thing is like, if it was a spoof movie, it would have been one of the funniest spoofs I've ever seen in my life. It would have taken oh, yeah. so little to make this just a spoof and people would regard it as the greatest spoof action comedy ever made, but they played it serious. But that, that, that moment, I mean, guys, if you're listening right now, go to YouTube and type in sudden death helicopter crash scene. Yeah. Because, I mean, it takes about 25 shots for that helicopter to go from above to below and crash. And it's like the, I, confounding in every single way, truly confounding. And I, I think I've never been so entertained in my entire life. I think you yeah. just need to recut this movie with like a laugh track into it. <laughs> I think that's a bloody that great idea. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be that, that would that would hit fifty million views on oh, yeah. YouTube in a week. <laughs> that, that was that was just I couldn't believe it. I, I considering the build up of the movie and the way that they're like you know they shot it you know it's shot quite nicely. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a good looking know. action. Like I wish McTiernan or something like a mm -hmm. heavy hitting director did this. Like it, this is very much a '90s action movie. It is super violent. Um, yeah, but it, it's so funny. I, now I can't unsee it in the pastiche of it being like uh, shot as a comedy, you know, or written as a comedy. It, did, it definitely didn't shy away from just being a hundred percent a clone of trying to be diehard. Yeah, like oh, yeah. The, yeah. The way the bad guys move and the way they're shot and the music that's playing. I remember, like, you know, all these bad guys are turning up, and then it's the guy in glasses shows up, and I go, 50 bucks says that's the hacker." And then literally <laughs> yeah. the next scene, click, 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 I go, "I told you, it's the hacker." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I do. I do appreciate Powers Booth as such a fantastic villain in this movie. Oh, he's incredible! Like yeah. he just totally rules in this film. Yeah. The, the, um, 
that, that's what elevates the movies. Powers Booth is playing this yeah. just dead straight and killing it. Mm-hmm. And killing everyone else. Yeah, and shooting right. everyone. Right. Point blank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, and no regard for like he he kills like some unexpected hostages. Like there's some things where you're like, oh, I understand movie rules, like Hans Gruber, this guy's gonna like do that. Yeah. No, he's just straight up like gets what he oh, needs and this, you're done. This lady's crying too loud, bam. Like yeah. he's just so like, scary. And I like just, I want to take a second to appreciate his comically hilarious disguise at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Because the, like, the daughter has this thing where she stamps his hand yes. and it just pops up later when he's trying to escape. And the camera pans from his hand up and he's wearing this like blonde mustache, blonde wig, full on yeah. penguins fan attire. And that's the guy. That's that is, him. That, that was another one of those. I screamed. I, I, yeah. I was sitting there going this stupid fucking hand stamp it's at the beginning it's in the middle of go how is this gonna play how is this eventually gonna play out and when it finally played out like it's, the, it's those two things one of them was the bad guy recognizing Jean-Claude Van Damme is the goalie by no one you can't see how? anybody so he sees it from across the thing his the guy. teammates didn't recognize it wasn't their, their teammate. <laughs> and, there's, and there's even a great scene where like Jean-Claude Van Damme comes back from playing ice hockey and they had to do a him getting redressed scene because right. they, they had to show him like putting a shirt on and tying his boots up. And like, and then he had that stupid, like the bag that they gave him for all of his stuff is just a shoe yeah. bag. Yeah. Just give him a backpack. He, he looks ridiculous the entire time running around with the shoe bag over his shoulder. I love that they showed they had to show us um, him getting out of the gear. Him getting into the gear, the director is like, "No, that's fine. People yeah. will buy that." But after that, he's like, "People are going to wonder how did he get out of it." Well, you're <laughs> positing like we brought up the same thing in the uh, the hard ticket to Hawaii. Like you have to show the character, <laughs> yes, of the outfit and then into a different outfit. Otherwise, the audience is going to be very confused. Yeah, I like the bit where Powers Booth did a bunch of like explaining what was going on by going, "Let's get in the hot tub and talk about this." <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. The one thing this movie was missing. Yeah. Man, I'm going to go watch Hard to Get Hawaii later. I need some absolutely random, for no reason, boobs on screen. That's that's a quality movie making right there. But yeah, the fact that that it's this hand stamp that undoes him was just, from beginning to end, from top to bottom, left to right, this movie makes confounding choices. But it is so, so entertaining. And that's how I describe the movie as like, I said, this movie is terrible and I think I love it. Yeah. That it's is great. the thing. It's which why why guys why is this such a fun movie to watch? It's terrible. I just God, there's so many things about it. Like the kitchen scene in particular. Like not even like during the fight scenes, multiple fight scenes. Like the fact that they go back two, to the kitchen, two kitchen to fight scene. Fight scene is so funny. But even before that, when they're like prepping all the meals. Like so, a little bit about me is I for a time worked security at uh, like stadiums. Like for uh, the Diamondbacks and Phoenix Suns. Oh wow! So and this is so, like a documentary to you. Yeah. Yeah. So 100 percent accurate. So I'm watching. This is why you can't be around helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I, like I'm watching the movie and I'm just like, where where is the gourmet chef like kitchen <laughs> like the five star Michelin? I mean, no. It, and it's like stadiums are all pretty modular. It's all meant for like things people like bring stuff in and set up. So that's why, like, the machinist shop makes no sense. I'm like, that, 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 that does like, not exist. Why, are they, but, like, why is there a metal workshop? <laughs> but, like, the chef thing was killing me because I'm like, 
he, he's literally Chef Boyardee. He's, he looks like Chef Boyardee. He's got the hat. Yeah. He's making like shrimp cocktails. And I'm like, what, where, like, where would this go? Like cause yeah. the VIP booths, it's all like stuff. Like they, they bring in their own chefs and stuff. It's all on the top floor. So I'm like, where, where is this? Like, it's such another world clearly I, I, made by people who, who don't work at stadiums. This, this, for me, it's like, it's the, the metalwork scene randomly thrown in for him to build <laughs> using his fireman skills, a weapon yes. that he only uses once Two minutes later, it's like immediately you, know, you have an a, an A team style build building sort of like montage, and then he uses it, shoot, hits the guy in the neck once. All right, I guess we don't need that anymore. Paid off. There's that Another. ten minutes of movie done. Let's move on. And then, like I said, the kitchen scene, like you were saying, Will, is they had a kitchen scene that was so long that they found so many ways to use the kitchen and make it dangerous in a fight scene. But they were like, guys, there's still four more things. Let's the next yeah. fight scene, yeah. let's do it in the kitchen again and like yeah. burn him on this thing and drown him in that thing. And I'm like, oh my God, really the, the, I forget which fight scene it was, the hand going into the deep fryer. That yeah. was, oh my God. Brutal. <laughs> but you're right. This is like a torture chamber of, in, in a kitchen of these like slow moving conveyor belts and just, <laughs> just 10 different things that can yeah. injure or kill you in the kitchen i was like yeah. this is amazing yeah uh, it's like the anti-john wick i swear I yeah to watch the movie again but now that it's like now looking at it through the lens of it being a comedy it makes so much more sense yes everything just exactly. all it needs is the laugh track and i think we'd be golden <laughs> uh, i want to i want some i bet if someone hasn't already done that this is something that i guess we know what we need to do when we launch our patreon yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> a comedy laugh track to this movie yeah i mean that's the bit where i said i only saw that right before we logged on i was doing a little bit of research and i was like it was originally written as a spoof that i'm like that everything kind of falls into place yeah. when you look at it through that lens oh this is hilarious thanks for ruining this movie for me you fucking asshole <laughs> <laughs> i swear this movie is such a treasure um it's great it's so and it's wild. you know and i think it slipped under the radar too from that era of action films like your cliffhangers and your speeds and things like that it was so this many movie, yeah yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it could easily get swept under and i think if it nothing against jean-claude van damme i think if maybe if it did have a bigger name like a bigger action name granted you know he was up there in the pantheon of, of everyone else we mentioned like your schwarzenegger stallones and your bruce willis is yeah, like he, he popped off time cop was the year before and that yeah. was a big movie and the same, same director yeah. too and yeah. like i i think if it had a different action action star attached to it maybe it would have done either worse or better i don't know it's hard to say well, I, I think the biggest problem is this movie in particular came out too late. Like, if this movie came out in like 88, 89, yeah. I think yeah. it would have hit. It's really a diehard well, clone seven years too late. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Because, like, by this time, you know, like we said, True Lies would come out. Terminator 2 had already come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stallone was, I was Dread out by then, Judge Dread, uh, Demolition Man, the two best movies either. Yeah, right? um, yeah, around 92, 95. Uh, but, like but like, but Cliffhanger for yeah. sure. So, like, by this time, the caliber of action films had yeah. been raised so high. Yeah. Um, and Jean-Claude is just, he's an odd action star. He's just yeah. kind of, we, I love him. Like, Especially at that tier, time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, so I, I think Jean-Claude is great, but he's not Baron from, <laughs> from Philadelphia. No, That's no, just yeah. not. <laughs> I tell you this much, though, guys. There, there are two movies that I think we have to watch as a result of watching Sudden Death. Now, one... Is the 2018 Slap, British, Slapshot? 
<laughs> British film <laughs> Final Score, which is considered to basically be the British version of Sudden Death, where the hero, played by Dave <laughs> Batista, battles oh, terrorists yes. against the backdrop of a closely contested soccer match. And oh, you must okay. neutralize them before yeah. the game, uh, the end of the game. I thought um, you were going to say Crick die hard at a cricket match. Oh, dude, oh man, that would have been amazing. Um, <laughs> be a four, four hour movie. But taking the spoof idea and script of Sudden Death, they had, and this is apparently on Netflix, guys, the remake titled Welcome to Sudden Death, produced by Netflix in uh, 2020, starring Michael J. White. So there is now, oh. it's, it was released in September 2020 to mostly negative reviews, but Welcome to Sudden Death is, uh, I guess we have to watch this movie. Yep, I'm, I'm 100% going to watch Wait, this. Wait, it's, it's the same script, but like how they intended it, or it's just a parody of It's a, a remake, remake of Sudden Death. Uh, single action, uh, single location action film in the mold of Die Hard. The high storyline runs parallel to and sometimes intersects with um, an ice hockey. This, instead of it being ice hockey, it's basketball. There you go. Uh, I'm I'm on board. Huh. I know what I'm going to watch later. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a movie starring Black Dynamite. I'm on board. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> now, you guys were referencing Jean-Claude Van Damme's flawless Pennsylvania accent. I mean, if anyone <laughs> ever got into the character of somebody from Pennsylvania, Jean-Claude Van Damme. But this is the interesting part because... Of course, the, the, the whole point of our, of, of our uh, podcast is to find the movie that defines um, the state better than any other. Now, all three of these movies do an incredibly good job of putting us in Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or Amish country. It's, it's, a, it's a gladiatorial uh, fight to the death on this one, guys, because I couldn't even think. Because the location work of Jack Reacher... That mm-hmm. it's sudden death. I remember texting you guys. You know what this movie needs is a, a one or two more establishing shots of this stadium. There's only six. Just, just, yeah, <laughs> at all times they have to go. Guys, do you know you're in a we're at a stadium? You know we're at, we're at a stadium. By the way, I, I I was watching when I watched Jack Reacher. I not there's not one thing that made me feel like this was in Pennsylvania at at all. I I it's just, shoot it's shooting opposite like a stadium it's it too features a stadium <laughs> it's like it's opening shot is a stadium it's a baseball stadium yeah but without the pittsburgh penguin in it i don't understand <laughs> where this movie takes place that's like, very it's true. the only landmark i recognize and i'll stand by that uh, you know what you're not wrong i mean the thing is that you could and you, you often are the one that brings this up but you could take the pennsylvania out of jack reacher you yeah. could shoot that movie anywhere, but the I always thought it was set in DC for some reason. I I don't, or maybe that's the second and one. That's I can't the remember. That yeah. Also, it's that mm-hmm. and New Orleans in the sequel. Um, yeah. But but yeah, but the that being said, though, it is entirely shot in Pittsburgh. Everything is a location yeah. shot. Every single thing is a location shot. Um, so it you know it is swimming in it. You know you've got mm-hmm. sudden death, which has given us the exact same shots as Jack Reacher, if maybe not the same locations. Just um, done better at times, but then, <laughs> but then witness. Like I'm, I was yeah. watching witness, just going. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is. It's giving us so much. It gave us a yeah. city. It gave, but it's it's giving us that other side. You know, the Pennsylvania Dutch. That rural, like that side. When I used to go like fishing with my dad, and we drive drive upstate into Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Like that was the Pennsylvania I knew growing up. Like that very rural mm-hmm. kind of calm Amish area. That yeah. resonated with me for sure. Like that was like, that was to me, that was the Pennsylvania that I knew. See, but, this is why I think it's tricky though, right? Because yeah. Witness 
obviously is doing it really well. But it's giving us a very, very specific kind of Pennsylvania, which is Amish country, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas then, True. you know, Jack Reacher is giving us just the reality of Pittsburgh, and then Sudden Death is giving us blue-collar Pennsylvania city workers kind of thing. So yeah. I'm like, you know, you can't and, just I mean, give it to and you've got because, actual NHL players in it. You've got yes, the announcers yes, like yes. this movie. Actual announcers, black yeah. And yellow. So one hundred percent, because I witnessed that. So obviously, like a front runner. But I'm like, yeah, but that's like saying all of Pennsylvania is Amish people. So, so it's it, it's tough. I will say, in witness though, we do get we do get a healthy mix of the of city life. I guess not a healthy mix. It is. Yeah, it's a really unhealthy. As I said it, yeah. I was like, wait a second. Murder, drugs, betrayal. Yeah. Hot take, it's, dude. Yeah. yeah. The, the moment real left Pennsylvania. My lips. Yeah. The real Pennsylvania. Yeah. The moment it left my mouth, I was like, ah, oh, well, wait a minute. We'll cut that in post. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, we do get more yeah. of Pennsylvania. But, uh, yeah, Jack Reacher, well, theoretically, I do agree that it could take place anywhere. The fact that it does take place in Pennsylvania and they give you like the sprawl of it, like, cause mm-hmm. there you also get the city, but then when he goes to the gun range, he goes to a more that's yeah, in Ohio. Kind of area. The movie oh, ends in right. Macquarie for some reason. Yeah. yeah. So a Christopher man. Macquarie. <laughs> that was his demand to make the movie. Yep. He's like, I, I knew it. I was like, I think I had, we had that on the text thread. I was like, Christopher, yeah. he, his only stipulation was we have to end this movie in a quarry because it's my name. <laughs> but like, um, kind of like Will was saying, yeah. is we, the geography of Pennsylvania, sorry, of Pittsburgh, I feel like I've been yeah. to Pittsburgh because of Jack Reacher. You know, mm. those, those bridges and the, where the stadium is and where that, you know, the, the parking garage is and all that and, kind of stuff. And I will say for the plot of Jack Reacher, the stadium, the bridge and all that has to be in certain spots in order for the yeah. plot to work. Yeah. Um, so you could, if you were to take it out of Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh and put it somewhere else, you would have to change the geography. You would have to change... Um, yeah that part of the plot. And like I, would, and I want to say be... like, cause one shot is my favorite Jack Reacher books. And when they announced they were making mm-hmm. that one, that got me very excited, but that is, it's very, very similar to the book. So, and the thing is the book is always, the books are always set somewhere else. So mm-hmm. I think Lee child had done his research in as much as the layout of the city enabled him to then write this scene that, that sort mm-hmm. of plays out because it played out very similarly to where I remembered the book going. Was that, did that book, was that book also set in uh, Pittsburgh? I think so. Yeah. I am 99% sure. I will double check right now, but I am like a nerd. Once you've read all of them, you know, they, they do. I need my, I need my books told to me on screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I texted you guys. The only book I've read is the movie time yeah. cop to quote Jesse, uh, the body Ventura and predator. <laughs> I ain't got time to read. It's <laughs> my favorite quote from that. Oh, movie. <laughs> no. So here you get one shot. One shot is a small Indiana city. Uh, so oh. they, so yeah. So it's been put into, Pittsburgh. Um, interestingly enough, oh, so there you go. So, so sudden death is the winner. <laughs> so, well, okay. So, th- if you want to do that, and then find, find all right, I'm just can, kidding. No, no, let's let's put Jack, push Jack Reacher off to the side. Then, like, okay, that could be that counts against it. Okay, fine. I just Ooh. think, from a film standpoint, regardless, I, I think that film could be set in any in, in any other area too. I mean, it's, it's so good it's sudden true. death. Like you said, it's no, you couldn't fight a penguin if you'd said it in another, well, in another city. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, not well versed in my NHL mascots, but sure, maybe <laughs> it would be. You know. It would be amazing to see Jean Claude fight gritty. 
Like that would be <laughs> oh, that would be an incredible fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the or the Philly fanatic for you know. Oh my God! There we go. Yeah. But you 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 can't <laughs> take anything Pennsylvania out of witness. Can no. you? It is no. it is the no. pure like beating heart of it. Um, yeah. And like I said, like at the beginning is how I felt like it was just so respectful of the culture. It didn't play it off as a character or something weird. It was just reality and it was just people and it was just helped the story sort of kind of develop. I thought it was such a beautiful movie as well that like for me, it's like I, I, I want to give it to witness, but I'm looking for a compelling argument not to. And it's like, there's, is it just because sudden? Death? I've got two compelling arguments for okay. you. Kitchen fight scene number one, kitchen fight scene number two. Damn it. That's <laughs> you can't argue with either of those. <laughs> Both of those are now my favorite thing. So and what then, if I told you the person in that penguin suit was Amish? Oh <laughs> sudden death wins. Oh my god. Yeah, if it, if the person in the penguin suit had also been Alexander Gudnov, then it would uh, that would have been my god. Best. Damn. Then he wouldn't have died. He would have come back. And, yeah. That final, <laughs> for that final, like uh, that, that final surprise. Um, so yeah, yeah, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Is it, is it witness? Is witness too Amish? What do you guys think? Uh, I, I didn't think it was Amish enough. <laughs> I, th- I think because you get, um, you do get a, even though it's brief, you do get the city aspect in witness. You do get more, yeah i i think i'm leaning towards witness as well it's hard because i was for a while going in this thinking maybe the edge was jack reacher mm-hmm. um but you know even though if you were to take it out of uh of pittsburgh or yeah if you were to take it out of there um you would have to change the geography of how like the actual crime happens that wouldn't really affect the story yeah i mean um it would just literally means, yeah yeah, it's just it would be it's just a plot detail that doesn't affect the outcome. If they could so, rework yeah. all of Baby Driver to fit in Atlanta, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they could figure out a sniping angle in another fucking city. It wouldn't yeah. matter. True. True. I'll give you that. All right. So but, it looks yeah. like it And looks, I love Jack Reacher. It's, all right. Yeah. No, I, me too. I, I think Same. it's one of my favorite movies. That's why I wanted to do Pennsylvania yeah. so we could talk about it. <laughs> it's like, but then you bought Sudden Death and all bets were off. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I'm sorry. Does does Pittsburgh have a giant Jack Reacher statue? No, they have a Jean-Claude Van Damme statue outside of the Penguin Stadium. Look it up. <laughs> it's just him don't, I mean, don't don't look at don't look that up. I'm, I'm, I'm look it up. Looking it up. I'm not seeing it. Look, look it up. Look it up on Truth Social. That's where it will be. <laughs> it's just we him doing find a, nothing it's but just facts. Him doing a split. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I was like, at no point did he hold the building together by doing the splits. I was so that was that was yeah. a negative. That is a negative yeah. in the movie. It's no splits. Arguably, it's only flaw. I, I, I didn't clock any dick punches, too, which he is really? known for. And no gratuitous yeah. shot of Jean-Claude Van Damme's buns. No buns, yeah. No, there's, yeah there's that's, usually... that's another mark against No it. buns, none. Yeah. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't got no buns, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, outside of Jean-Claude Van Damme's buttocks, it sounds like the movie that we are landing on to define Pennsylvania for now on the United States of Movie Podcast is the 1985 movie Witness with Harrison Ford. Highly recommend you guys at home watch it. Yeah. Um, it is fantastic. What's interesting though is um, the also rants, uh, guys, is, is movies that we could have gone because there's quite a lot of movies, good movies set in Pennsylvania. I was um, 
The Furnace, that, that Christian Bale movie, a very slow burn of a movie, uh, Unstoppable, um, that Tony Scott uh, action movie, Chris Pine, Denzel Washington, underrated. Die Hard on a Train. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Split, um, as well. Any movies that oh, you yeah. guys were circling? Um, Rocky, one through five. Oh, yeah, of course. The yes. Rocky movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Creed. I was. I'm, I feel was like everyone, everyone listening to this podcast is screaming right now that we didn't mention Rocky. Until <laughs> it was too obvious. If we'd gone with Rocky, it's like yeah. there's no. Com- if you got to go, I, I can. I think when we return, I'd love to bring like uh, Rocky one, Rocky Balboa, and Creed, and see which one I, comes. I out. was going to say my question for you guys. Maybe it's something we we offline, but when we go back and do the state again, do we include the movie that we picked? And put two new movies up against. I believe. Them. I think so. Yes. I think Probably. because it's it's what has to happen is we need to bring something to topple the, uh, yeah. the movie that is right. won. Right. And so like you know it may you know it's you fair. may lose a hundred percent that yeah. Okay. So whatever movies that we bring back uh, when we circle back around, it's going to have to take out Witness. Um, but yeah, no. Were there any other movies that you guys really want to talk about outside of like you know because Rocky yeah hundred percent Creed yeah. anything else that you guys were circling? That was mostly. Uh... That was just the first thing that the pop in my head was any of the, the the Rocky films. What's what's really interesting about Pennsylvania is there are a lot. There's a lot of movies, yeah. good movies, movies you've heard of that are set there, that are made there, that I'm like that I want to kind of get into. So you know, but I think they, next. Do time, they make sequels to Sunder? <laughs> well, yes. It's on. It's on Netflix and stars Michael G. White. <laughs> I'm watching that right now. It is. Uh, I, it, I, honestly, I'm intrigued. I, I'm definitely gonna have to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I I came very close to picking Rocky Four just because I love talking about Rocky Four. Um, is that the one with Tommy Gunn? Have you seen? That's, the... that's five. five. Rocky yeah, Four no, is the one where where Rocky where fixes he, the Cold War. Yeah, he right. he beats Russia. Have um, you guys seen the recut? I refuse. They take the robot out. I refuse. I, <laughs> Un, unacceptable. So for those at home that don't know, like during the pandemic, um, basically. Um, uh, Sylvester Stallone went back into the edit room and basically cut a bunch of stuff out and added 40 minutes to Rocky Four, the director's cut. I'm yeah. fascinated. I, I don't know how to watch it, but I want to watch it. I think it's on the 4K. I, I, I do, I'm intrigued to watch it, but because I think the whole reasoning behind it was to bring it tonally closer to the Creed franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is like, you're watching a Saturday morning cartoon. And then when you get to Creed, you're like, Oh, this is like a sequel to that movie. Yeah. It's very, it's very strange, but I think the corniness and the cheesiness and the happy birthday, Polly robot are what makes that movie. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. And so to remove that cheesiness, I'm you hear like, that Lucas. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, I just, I just don't think it works. I think Creed is doing just fine. I don't think you need to do recut an old movie to match the new ones. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm interested in the intellectual, like just yes. exploration of the complete randomness of this, um, which we will hundred percent get into when we return to Pennsylvania, you know, Rocky's going to come a knocking at some point. Um, and I'm compelled, oh, yeah. and interested to see which one gets uh, brought to the table. But of course the question we also have to answer now is where are we going next week? Um, I only decided this as like five minutes before we logged on because I was just talking to a very good friend of mine, um, who is currently in the city of Boston, we're going to go to Massachusetts for our next one. There's a lot of great movies that we can do for Massachusetts. I can't spell Massachusetts, but I know some great <laughs> movies that are set there. Um, I, the thing is, I can see 
see in Ryan's eyes that he's always already looking for a sudden death level uh, <laughs> Raytheon style complete clusterfuck of a movie to absolutely make my week and I can't wait to see where we land um, it's going to be a good one guys great movies by the way yeah I had so this much fun, fun this week <clears throat> watching these movies um, they all had something about them that I that I truly loved Sudden Death gave me such an emotional outlet. <laughs> I genuinely have been on cloud nine since I watched Sudden Death. I'm going to watch it again. Over here. Yeah. I, I 100%, I, I think I may have to own that movie. I, renting that movie was the biggest mistake of my life. I should You're going to watch the director's cut where the helicopter scene's 40 minutes longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, Only way it can be improved. Yeah. So the official movie for Pennsylvania uh, is... Of course, witness here on the United States of Movie Podcast. Next week, we're going to be heading to Massachusetts. We're going to be parking our car at Harvard Yard uh, and having a great. How, how, how about them apples? Ooh, ooh, ooh! All kinds. What, of I, I was, was going to say, what if we made it really hard for ourselves and just threw out every Matt Damon and Ben Affleck movie? Oh, no, we play, no we play this on hard mode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that. <laughs> Those are the top three movies I was looking at. God damn it, Will! I think that's a great idea. Let's go looking deep. But yeah, next week we'll be tackling Massachusetts. We're going to be figuring it out. If you haven't watched Sudden Death, stop everything that you're doing right now. Go and watch it. Feel free to reach out to us and let us know what you thought. You can find me online as Ollie Pettigrew, Ollie underscore Pettigrew, or at that Englishman in Texas. You can find Will as Entitled Millennial. Uh, and like we were saying before, we're now putting together some merch. Um, Ryan's got some great designs. We're going to drop that, put some links up so you guys can find them. Um, so we can all go around wearing our It's Wraith and Time t-shirts. Yes. Um, Ryan, Will, thanks once again for a great episode for some great movies. I can't wait to see you guys next week from Massachusetts. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm very excited. <laughs> thanks to all of you guys at home uh, for uh, listening and watching for this, the latest episode of the United States of Movie Podcast. We'll see you next time.